Welcome to Driven by Music, a podcast fueled by Firestone. In this podcast series, we will chat with emerging talent and industry professionals about big topics in the UK music scene right now. Would you like to learn more about life behind the scenes? Writing music, touring the world, achieving success? Well, in this podcast series, we'll tell you all about that and so much more. Due to the unusual circumstances we all have to deal with at the moment, this episode will be devoted to how to reach your fans. This is Music and Musicians from Their Homes with Jafaris, El Divine and the Lutras. My name is Abby McCarthy and I will be your host. I'm a TV and radio presenter bringing the best new music to your ears on the radio through my BBC introducing show or on Radio 1. I can also be found on your telly on 4Music interviewing some of the most exciting artists on the planet. Outside of that, I also run a monthly gig night in London called Good Karma Club where I've put on early shows for the likes of Pale Waves, Tom Grennan and Easy Life. Now, we can definitely say that the UK music industry has been shaken up in the last couple of weeks. All venues have been closed down and festivals have either been postponed or cancelled. While lots of the gigs you may have been really looking forward to might now not be on, I've also really witnessed a spike in creativity and inventiveness to make it possible to still, in the times of quarantine, bring live performances right into people's homes. Today we will talk to Jafaris, El Divine and the Lutras about their experiences and they will share their advice on how to stay visible and creative as an artist and how to make the best out of this whole situation. I'm now joined by El Divine. Hello lovely, how are you? Hey, I'm good, I'm alright, yeah, just, you know trying to embrace it <laughs> yeah what weird weird times we're in whereabouts are you right now kind of set the scene for me i'm in i'm in my conservatory in very nice my, in my mum's flat in north shields in newcastle um so i'm back up north with my mum which has been, oh, been lovely. are you getting on okay you haven't clashed just yet yeah no my, well <laughs> i'm kind of alone most of the time because my mum's a key worker so she's still going to work every day so right. i kind of I'm kind of only seeing her in the evenings and even then she's like my mom's got such a routine like she'll do a yoga or like Pilates class every night from home so like <laughs> to be honest I'm hardly seeing her I think I'm annoying her though like oh. I'm making music all the time and being really loud so <laughs> that's good that you're finding you can make music during this time so you're feeling quite like in the zone I think so yeah I'm kind of just getting used to it now like um you've probably seen like a lot of musicians are doing kind of Skype or Zoom sessions, mm-hmm. like writing sessions with producers and writers and stuff, um, which I was a bit apprehensive about at first because that, you know, like the best thing about being in the studio is like feeling a vibe with someone and, um, and, and making it really personal. So I just thought over a screen, you probably couldn't get that same feeling, but it's actually been really good. I did one a day and it was, it was really great. Oh, that's good. Do you think it's because you know these people kind of well already so it's not kind of yeah well, it's not awkward I, or whatever no the one i did today i'd never met them before so really it was, like, it was really nice though it made me realize i miss meeting new people i miss like just hanging out with like music people yeah um, now i know you had a whole bunch of shows lined up which obviously got cancelled due to everything that's going on but 
you had a bit of a genius idea. So you did something called the URL tour. So for anybody that didn't see that or didn't get to watch you perform, kind of talk about that idea and how it came together. Yeah, so as as you said, um, I had, well, I had two tours basically this year planned. I was meant to be going on um, to with Fletcher, supporting Fletcher around Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, when like everything kind of started coming to light and like the seriousness of, of, um, of the situation um, was kind of like, escalating um Fletcher decided to like made the smart decision to um cancel the tour which I guess would have happened anyway um but I was kind of you know that it was going to be really important tour for me like I I was um you know going to be reaching like loads of new fans and I was kind of thinking like how can I still how can I still do this and um I just had the the idea of spacing out like online live streams over different platforms because I thought in a way it's kind of a similar um a similar feel to playing in different countries you know you're you're meeting like different fans and on in this you're kind of getting a you're getting a different audience that you would on TikTok to to what you would on YouTube and stuff like that so um I just thought that would have been a cool way to do it and you know just like the most important thing for me is just to stay connected with my fans and um that was that seemed like a great way to do it and it seemed like it got the most amazing reaction. It was crazy. I, like, I really, because I thought, you know, like, no brainer. And as you can see, like, now and like, like, pretty much at the same time as well, like, everyone was like doing live streams. And I was like, this, surely, like, you know, everyone's going to be doing this. And then I remember announcing it and I woke up the next day and like, every, like, every, like, media outlet wanted to talk to me about it. And I was oh. just like, what was going on and yeah it really it really had legs and um yeah it was amazing it, it yeah it was great <laughs> yeah I loved it when I saw it I thought what a brilliant idea but I think you were one of the first artists I saw anyway like really embracing like the live stream thing so salute to you you're a trendsetter Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> um now for people listening to this podcast that aren't already a massive El Divine fan I mean where have they been first of all you know it's bad um but try and explain you know your sound because I think you make serious pop bops but you know you're more than just a pop star I mean um thank you that's so kind um I mean yeah definitely I I come from like a songwriting background that was like my first love first and foremost so I think if you if you don't know my music probably the best way I'd describe it is like pretty intimate storytelling like it's it's all really personal stuff and I kind of try to tap into my most vulnerable moments and put them over like quirky productions and yeah I'm like I'm a huge pop geek so and I'm a huge music geek so I think you can (laughs) hopefully hear all those like weird different influences in the music so yeah I think if you like interest in pop music definitely check it out (laughs) yeah now as a bit of a pop geek as you call yourself you must have been buzzing when charlie xcx was like this girl is the future of pop music (laughs) do you remember like seeing that yeah well that came about because i I mean like you said like i'm a i'm a pop geek and i've always been a huge fan of charlie i think she's like a really great example of someone who kind of um makes pop new and interesting and like pushes boundaries and stuff so um i wrote this song called peer pressure and the guy i wrote with justin rays and he works a lot with charlie and a few days after we wrote it he sent me this video being like look don't be cross with me but um (laughs) i was in the studio with charlie and i was just playing her stuff that um i'd been working on recently and i played her peer pressure and she was like i need it like i want to cut it and stuff so he sent me this video of her 
like a version of her like on the song and I was like oh wow. my god I wasn't even bothered that he'd like done that <laughs> I, was, like, I was literally like this is so cool and uh yeah so that was kind of the first the first thing and then yeah she was really kind about me in like an interview and stuff and yeah I freaked out I was I was like whoa it, it, yeah it was one of those like surreal moments where like someone you really look up to rates you and you're yeah kind of yeah, pinch yourself yeah that is major and peer pressure mm-hmm. obviously was the title track of the debut mixtape you dropped and I think that's when people really got a sense of who you are as an artist and it feels like you've had such an amazing year or so you know some great shows that mixtape went down so well you know you've had songs added to the radio on playlist you've got a, you know an ever-growing fan base but for you what's been like the most amazing moments you've had as El Divine? most amazing moments I think um definitely like in in the summer when I started doing live shows that was really surreal and like I the first show I mean that was just kind of like a small venue in Newcastle but that venue meant so much to me because I'd seen so many gigs in at Think Tank in Newcastle and I was so nervous I'd never performed in front of my like fans before and I just didn't know how it was gonna go down and oh. like I you're just never going to be able, I'm never going to be able to replicate the feeling of like when I worked on stage, when I walked on stage for the first time and like there was just loads of people, there was a full room of people singing stuff back to me. Um, so probably that. And then also, yeah, when Naked Alone got added to the playlist, because I just really didn't think that was going to happen. I like, I set really low expectations <laughs> of myself. And I think like, you know, sometimes I think that's the, you have to like half and half, you need to big yourself up, but you also need to just like, I don't know don't ex- always leave room for like you know to be to to be excited and like overwhelmed by something so like when when I found out it was on the playlist I was I was like what this is crazy <laughs> like I'm not gonna be on the radio regularly um yeah, it was mad. yeah I love that I mean I can't wait uh, you know for gigs to start again because I'm ready for an El Divine party that'll oh, be <laughs> loads of fun but how do you think this whole situation is gonna affect the music industry obviously you did lots of live streams do you think people will maybe look more into like virtual reality and things like that now mm. i think so i think it's definitely made us adapt and mm. um people are like i think when something like when when there's boundaries put in front of you like all it does is make you become more innovative and i think it's really pushed people outside the box and i think that's really cool and um and also, I think for me, like what I learned most about doing these live shows is just like how important intimacy is. And I mean, I never, you know, I always want to go like on the road and like do actual shows and be with actual people in front of me. And, like that's yeah. amazing. That's like obviously the best thing in the world. But I think what these live stream things taught me was like how important, you know, seeing because you can see everyone's name there. You can see the individual people and it's not just like a crowd of people Like you can see everyone's names and mm. their thoughts popping up as as the the show goes on so it's nice to like stop and talk to people and yeah there was something nice just about me being in my living room and like all these people there as opposed to like on a big stage and and it just kind of being a sea of people so I think I definitely want to try and find a way to just have moments like that in the set where I feel like I'm really like connected with like every single person mm. so what are you plotting for the next kind of couple of weeks are there more things you want to do to connect with your fans yeah, I mean, I've got, I've, I've been doing my podcast remotely, um, which has been really good, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know that that'll be nice to. I like, I like that because it kind of opens up a different dialogue with me and my fans. Like they get to see a side of me that they probably don't get to see in music, and also all these other cool people that come on the podcast. Um, so that I've just announced that um, like 
today I think I announced that so that'll be um coming really soon and then I've got a new song coming out as well really oh, soon so yeah. yes and I've been working on like a video remotely so I'm sure the fans will be excited about that yeah how's the video treatment gone the fact that you've had to do it remotely I guess you've had to be really creative yeah so it, <laughs> um I don't know how much I'm allowed to give away but I'll just do it um yeah it's like I'm doing like a it's like a 3d um scan of me and so I'm gonna be like a 3d animated version of Liv um but yeah and it looks really really cool so far um I'm excited about that yeah amazing so people need to watch out for that for sure um thank you so much for taking time out of your isolation uh thank you for having me to chat and um yeah hang on in there stay sane and um (laughs) yeah look forward to seeing you on the other side I know. Okay. See you later. Big love. The next guest on this podcast is going to be Jafaris. He is dialing in as we speak. Jafaris, hello. Thank you for joining us today. What's good? What's good? I'm all right, you know. I'm hanging on in there. It's a strange old time that we're in at the moment. How are you finding it? How are you spending your days? Like, are you in pyjamas all day or are you being productive? I was super, super productive when it started. Yeah. The spirits, the spirits were extra high because I didn't think we'd be in it for this long. Sure. Um, but I'm still, I'm still quite productive, to be honest. It's just kind of like my days have gone completely upside down. It's so like I'll go to sleep at like 6, 7 a.m. and I'll wake up at 3, get oh, out wow. of bed at like 4. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'll still, I'll still manage to like work out. I'll still manage to like, take a shower, do my chores, um, cook, read a book, make music, all in the same day, to be honest. So it's it's cool. Like, everything's still blessed. I haven't really gone insane or anything yet. So it's cool. I'm glad, though, you're saying that you're writing music in this time because from speaking to other artists that are friends of mine, they're struggling a little bit because you know, where are they getting their inspiration from? Obviously, they, they can't go out. They're not really seeing their mates. They kind of are over, like, Zoom or FaceTime, but it's not quite yeah. the same. So how are you, you know, keeping productive, you know, channeling your energies? Um, I won't even lie to you. Like, I, there's a period for, like, a week I couldn't write anything. And I was like, oh, no, don't tell me. Like, this is the time where I, I need to be writing the most because I have nothing else to do. Mm. So I need to be writing, but, like, just nothing was coming. And I just kind of like, I just stopped forcing it, I guess. I just stopped forcing it. I was like, all right, cool. Let me chill for real. Let me watch a movie. Let me maybe take a walk when I can and just like embrace other things. Just stop thinking about making music. And then someone, um, a few people started sending me a lot of beat packs and stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. Opened up the first one, managed to get like three, four songs out of it. So I was like, all right, wow. cool. So for people listening to this podcast that haven't heard of Jafaris before and are not like me, they're not a massive fan, talk us through your music. How did you first get into it? Um, Okay, so I am currently 25 years old. I started music when I was, I think, 16 is when I really started getting interested in music, but I hadn't really started taking it serious then. Um, and the only reason why I even got into music was like through a friend. Um, cause my my parents and stuff were very religious, so we used to go to church every Sunday. And I used to obviously have friends at church. And one day, 
And one of my friends was like, oh, I started making music, blah, blah, blah. And he started showing me all the songs and stuff. And I was like, whoa, like this. Because I previous to that, I was a dancer. And all I wanted to do was become a world-class dancer and dance for all these artists and stuff. Mm. So I thought that was my my life goal, basically, until he introduced me to this. And I was like, okay. Um, it didn't really start. It started off more like... I was inspired by people like 50 Cent and Lil Wayne and um, who else? DMX, like all those people who were like popping at the time. Um, so my music sounded a lot like theirs. You get me? I was talking about the things that they would talk about. I was sure. like rapping how they would rap basically. Um, so that kind of created like some sort of tension with my parents being very religious and cultured as well. Like music wasn't a thing in our family. Yeah. So it's like, where's this coming from? And why are you making this type of music? Your mom can't listen to this. Like I was cursing and saying the N word. I was doing all sorts. <laughs> so it was like, it was a constant battle for a while. Um, but I, I kind of like, I latched onto music so much that like, when my dad would say like, oh, like you, I don't want to hear all of that. I would just kind of hide it from him. But I remember he gave up one day and he was just like, okay, if you're going to do this music thing, just let it be something that, like, your family can listen to and, like, your mom can be proud of. Like, don't try to be yourself in a song. And I was like... That was, like, the first piece of advice my dad ever gave me, that anyone gave me music-wise, to be honest. And I was like, all right, cool. So it kind of went from uh, guns and all of this stuff that I wasn't living to kind of, like, more of a therapeutic type thing it became more poetic i started caring more about what was said in music so then i i guess i started listening to different artists as well i started listening to people like j cole kendrick um who else was doing it but i guess drake at the time as well um but everything everything just kind of happened naturally like with the name change came like new friends and friends who played guitar and sang and like played keys and all these musical things that I was like being influenced by now and it just turned I guess it just all meshed into what Jafaris is now kind of thing so it's like yeah that was the whole journey it sounds like the advice your dad gave you was a real you know pivotal moment in your career and I'm glad you listened to him because for me you're such an authentic artist. You know, your music really comes from the heart. One of my favourite songs of recent <laughs> times, your collaboration with Joy Crooks, a tune called Early, which of course got added to the Radio 1 playlist and yeah, has yeah. had so much support around Europe as well. So yeah, how, how was that process for you and the reaction? Um, that was That song literally came at such a random time. And I think that's why I say like, I'm glad the whole album thing happened as well because... Joy wouldn't have found me if it wasn't for the album. Do you get me? Yeah, sure. So it was, um, it was just organic. Like the way she came across me on Instagram, her friend actually put put her onto me from my Spotify to my Instagram, and then me and Joy started DMing each other. And literally, when we met the week after, I was supposed to be in London, anyways. So I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna be there. Like, we might as well like link up." Um, because I wasn't really sure, I wasn't aware of Joy before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I heard her music and stuff, I was like, yeah, yeah, this definitely has to happen. At yes, some stage. let's go. Um, but then we met and it was just cool. Like the whole setting of when we met and like the whole vibe of the day and just our, our boat 
both of our current life situations, especially to do with like relationships and stuff, it all just like was supposed to be almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, the song just came out like organic. It was a beautiful sunny day in London. Um, yeah, and we just like drove around. She pl- she played me her music. I played her my music. Just went back and she started playing chords on the keys and it's like, yep, let's just go. And it just happened like that. Um, but yeah, like the whole the reaction and everything from my from my fans, like the people that listen to me, I was not expecting that reaction at all. You know I mean? Like I'm coming from songs. I guess some of my songs are like sweet like that. But I'm coming from songs like Temple and Invisible, very heavy stuff and yeah. like loud and just obnoxious music kind <laughs> of and it's like straight to that. And it's like I don't know, I just wasn't expecting to be honest, I, I never know what to expect like when it comes to people's reactions to my music because I like doing everything. So it's like, I don't know which one the people who listen to to me want or are going to gravitate towards. But this one, they took it and ran and I'm very appreciative of that. So yeah, definitely a moment in time. Yeah, a really special moment and, like I say, one of my favourite new tunes. Obviously, with the current outbreak going on, shows are not really a thing for the foreseeable future. You know, festivals are yeah. being moved back or, or cancelled. So how are you feeling about not getting that, you know, that live aspect of being an artist at the moment? Um, if I'm being honest, <laughs> and everyone always finds it weird when I say this, yeah, but I'm... I'm I'm in my element more when I'm actually just making the music. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like that's like I'm at home when I'm just in the studio making the music. Um, I do enjoy performing a lot, a lot, but it's like, it's almost secondary to me. It's like, okay, when it happens, it happens kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that I'm like, oh no, like I really want to really wanna be on stage right now. <laughs> So what are you doing in this current time then to connect with your fans? Are you, you know, using social media more than ever? Are you Have you kind of delved into the Instagram live thing yet? Or um, how, yeah, are you, like, how are you spending your time? I, I started getting active in other ways. I started like shooting little videos uh, in my back garden and stuff with my brother. And I've just been like editing them and just trying to make them look interesting, putting some music behind it and then posting it. So I'm still, I'm still active as much as i can be but yeah so what are you plotting then what are you thinking you're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks currently i'm actually working on my next single so um i've written i'm actually writing and directing it um it's not gonna be like my typical videos obviously because we can't shoot stuff in this time so it's gonna be like an animation type video okay yeah, so I don't even want to be saying too much because I don't know how it's going to look like. This is my first time doing an animation video. So if it doesn't turn out well, you guys won't ever see it. But <laughs> if it does, then yeah, you heard it here first. I love um, that though, that you just like, <laughs> you know, you muck in, you write the tunes, you direct the videos, you know, you go yeah. out and get your shows. You just, you do it all. Like, what have you learned? Um, what have I learned? I think one thing that I learned that's super important is as the artist, you are in charge of what the audience 
hears or wants to hear because people don't really know what they want to hear or what they want to see from people until they see it yeah. and they're like oh yeah yeah we we like that or we don't like that do you get me but it's like you can't you can't um let other people's opinions too much like change your course of what makes you feel good and what makes you feel happy because this is your act first and foremost you get me this is how you express yourself so always kind of like trust your gut always kind of be confident in what you do um that's something that took me a while to really catch on because i wasn't ever confident about myself i was never like um super sure of what i was doing i'm still figuring it out i'm still learning i definitely have like a handful of people that i can trust and be like what do you think of this and mm-hmm. whatever do you get me but it always has to end with how do I feel about it and how do I, like, do I care about it enough? Am I passionate enough about this? Because it will stick. Like, it's a big world. So you get me? It's, it's a big world. There's going to be people who feel the same way as you. And if people, there's always going to be people who relate to you in some way, shape or form. So just follow, follow your gut. Follow yeah. your gut. Definitely take advice, but follow your gut. Yeah, exactly. If it's your project, you've got to be, you know, proud to stand up and, and tell people about it. Yeah, 100%. Jafaris, thank you so much for your time today. Really nice to catch up. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. As the last guest of this podcast, we have got Ben joining us, the singer from Dumfries rock band, The Lutras. Hey, Ben, how's it going? How's it going? I'm not too bad. Thank you very much. Are you missing the other boys? A wee bit. A wee bit. Only a little. <laughs> only a little. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Good to have some space every now and again, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the last time I caught up with you was just after you won Firestone's Road to the Main Stage competition, which was such a wonderful moment because you had so much support behind you. But just for people that, you know, weren't across how the competition went, fill us in on that experience. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was um, really surprising to see how many people got behind us in the end up. And, uh, you know, we got all these amazing prizes and stuff and, Obviously, now this has all happened, it's kind of been put on hold, but it's still amazing to see people still supporting us and wanting us to do loads of stuff, even whilst being in isolation and stuff. So we're going to have to make do with what we can just now. But there was a lot of things coming up that we had to put on hold, which is a bit of a shame, but we'll come through at the end, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. You've just got to think about what's going to happen once this is all over and try and stay productive, I guess. Are you writing a lot at home? Yeah, I've been trying. I've wrote a couple of songs and... Brilliant. Just been like, uh, I'll get a writer's block a lot, so I need to sit out the back and chill out in the sun and get a bit of inspiration. But no, I've been trying my hardest. Me and Danny have been speaking a lot, showing each other different tunes and stuff. So hopefully we come out well. And like an album's worth it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, Yeah, an album of bangers. Yeah. So how is that working then, creating tunes? Are you kind of like, so you're writing it and then you're laying down the vocals and then you're sending it across the different band members to kind of add on their parts or are you all kind of you know working on ideas together or how does well, that work so I guess it must be difficult you know doing these things over like FaceTime or whatever yeah well usually how it works is I'd go to Danny's or he'd come to mine and we'd sit and write a song and you know go over the melody and whatever and then show the band in the studio but recently we've just been 
I've been sending tunes to Danny and he's been sending something to me and we're writing lyrics over the top of them and whatever. Now, for people that are missing seeing your band, The Lutras, live, you are going to perform a live track for yes, us today. I am indeed. So what have you gone for? Uh, it's a song I wrote just after the lockdown happened, actually, called When We See The Light. It's just kind of about everything that's been going on and stuff. So, Oh, amazing. That is very apt. Uh, take it away when you're ready. Said a light man is working hard. He's got miles to feed, and it's been a long day. But now the world can see.
Thank you very much. Sounding really, really good, that. Live music from Ben of the Lutras on the podcast today. Thank you very much. No problem at all. Thank you. I feel like if that song is anything to go by, you're going to come out of lockdown with a bag full of tunes, really ace tunes. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think we're thinking about recording after it's all all ended. Yeah. Hopefully. Give it the full Lutras sound. Yeah, Definitely. Amazing. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I'm sure no this problem, year yeah. is still going to be your year, but we've just got to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, fingers crossed. That is the end of the first episode of Driven by Music. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Thank you very much to our amazing guests. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking to Jack from Scottish indie band The Snuts about making it big in the industry. What does it actually take to become a professional, full-time musician? I'll speak to you next week.